Hey everyone, this is Siobhan with the Creative Outsiders Podcast, where we connect the dots for women's storytellers. Basically, we want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dreams. For creatives, by creatives, location locked. Wish you could find production staff that's professional and easy to work with. Do you lose a lot of time trying to find the perfect location? Then you'll love Location Lock, a peer-to-peer marketplace that offers filmmakers and content creators like yourself the opportunity to book locations and services needed for your next big project or event. Location Lock can also help spread the word about your next open photography session or casting call. It's a win-win. Visit LocationLock.com today and get started. And I have the pleasure of sitting down and talking with Denise today. I can't wait so we can chat because guess what, y'all? She lives in Virginia. Y'all be trying to shade me about being a VA. So let's welcome Denise to the show. Hey, Denise. Hey, Siobhan. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me. And I'm excited. Like I said, I get to talk to somebody that lives in Virginia. So I'm a geek. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a geek. So before we like get into a lot of things, because uh, unless you have listened or not, I tell everybody, I try to warn you, like I'm a research junkie. So I like I'm always on YouTube, social media, (laughs) Google people like, let me see what I can find out. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) It's good, though. It's good. It's good. Okay, good. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you, like, how did you decide or how did you get involved in storytelling? And then tell us, like, what capacity you are on the end of a storyteller. I actually started writing the day my mother passed when I was six years old. The first thing my grandmother did, uh, which was probably the best thing she could have ever done uh, or did. She uh, gave me a journal and it was a little Lion King journal and she helped me write my first journal entry. Um, try to, I guess, come to terms with what had happened. And it's like literally since then I've been writing, like literally since the age of six, I wrote my first like book in first grade. Uh, it was like binded up and everything. And um Ever since then, I've been telling stories, whether it was through uh, just regular fictional stories or through plays, um, through web series. I just I've always loved to tell stories. And I mean, like now I get why you say like you don't like to say it that way. But (laughs) that's really how I got started to as far as the journaling part. Like uh, Mm -hmm. my mom gave me a journal and like ever since then, like that was kind of my introduction into like storytelling. What role do you now play as a storyteller? Do you do cinematography? Like what capacity do you te- use to tell stories? Um, well, now I do cinematography. I've actually decided recently to get back into the blogging world as well, ever since I I had a baby uh, last year and I felt like my creativity kind of like took a toll (laughs) and I was kind of like in search for it again. And I kind of had to like start all over uh, with writing in general. And it's been some months now, but I found myself like wanting to write every day. Like 
so I've decided to um, start to blog again. I used to blog all the time, um, but I've decided to start blogging again and to also continue with the cinematography field. But I also want to get into to books and just sharing stories online. So then how did you pick up the camera? Like, what was the process for that? Because I know a lot of women that listen and maybe thinking about like, okay, I know that I have an eye for it and I know that I want to progress to be able to use it in the cinematography way. How did you first pick up a camera? And then like, what was your process to like learn? I used to be in a group, a singing group um, back around, I would say like 2009, between 2009 and 2011. And we had a videographer who is um, actually a great videographer. He's actually in, um, lives in LA now. And he's like fully going for his dreams. Um, but my, at the time, boyfriend in the group, <laughs> he's, he's now my husband. When the videographer would record our shows, we just felt like we wanted to kind of tell more of the story and more of the process. And we just wanted it to look a certain way. So that's actually how we got into it. We kind of like stumbled upon it um, together. But after we left the group in 2011, we um, decided to just see where it could take us. And we ended up creating our first web series, Turn on the Light, um, that we put on YouTube. But that was like our first like real introduction to film, well, mine specifically, to filmmaking. And then, so how did you practice because like okay I did see your web series I was going to ask you about that but then how do you because people like will see you know social media and it's like okay I see this person did a web series or I see this person Mm -hmm. um, wrote a script so what did you do in between like what did your in between look like did you practice did you shadow somebody how did you grow so it started with, um, we really just picked up the camera and just started to play around with it. Uh, we watched a lot of tutorials on YouTube. Um, the way that it is, like my husband, he's very technical. So he's the kind of person that likes to figure out what all the buttons do. And I'm the kind of person that would just rather you teach me what they should do. Yeah. I don't really want to read the manual. That is me. <laughs> so I let him do <laughs> I let him do that part <laughs> and he teaches me after he's learning it's like the best thing ever because you're learning without having to do all the, the heavy work of it mm-hmm. um but really we just started to play around with it we started to record some of our friends doing things probably like performances um eventually uh, around the time when I started the web series I had enrolled back into school um at ODU I had took a about a two-year break because I wasn't sure uh, of what I really wanted to do. I was in the communication field and I knew I wanted to do something in there, but just not sure on like what specific thing. Um, so when I enrolled back, I actually started to take a lot of uh, courses that were more uh, film-centered. So I got a lot of information from there. I even uh, got the opportunity to be a PA on one of my uh, semesters. We had to be PAs on a feature film set that ODU did. Um, and so I got a lot of a lot of learning from that um, as far as like lighting goes, even to screenwriting. I took classes with that, um, directing. It's everything that was film centered. So it started with like my own research and my husband doing research on YouTube and playing around with the camera. But then I actually went to school and got a lot more knowledge. So then what would you tell somebody who necessarily 
can't go back to school, how to become a little bit more proficient, but then also like how to engage in their community, because that's the other thing that people struggle with. Like, okay, I want to do this, but I don't know how to put myself out there because I'm not like an expert yet. So Mm -hmm. how would you suggest them to go about that? Um, first of all, I don't feel like you really have to go, uh, to school to learn a lot of this. I was, like I said, I was already enrolled. And so it was more so of me going back, um, to finish. But for someone who is not interested in going to school or doesn't have the resources to go back to school, like YouTube is your best friend. Like people put tutorials on (laughs) absolutely everything. Like you can learn how to do open heart surgery probably on YouTube, (laughs) like, so I would really, really just start like finding um, just people who you like their their style of cinematography. Um, just start to to really like look at their videos. Look at if you if you have a specific text that you want to do, you can literally just type it in and find something that's similar. Um, I would also suggest to look in your local area for people who are doing videos, even if it's like uh, music videos. It doesn't have to necessarily be you know, like a web series and whatnot, because you may not have access to that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure anybody can find a videographer in the area uh, mm-hmm. that's doing at least a music video or recording performances and things like that. I would try to shadow or even offer up your services to some of your friends. Um, I know for me with the web series, the people that were in that web series were literally all my friends. Two of them were family members, like people that I've known for years. And just said, hey, guys, <laughs> I got a story. <laughs> Here's a script. Let's act this out. Like, it doesn't have to be anything difficult. And I promise you, it's really not. <laughs> it's really not difficult. And then I'm glad that you said that because that's the thing. I think that fear, like, stops mm-hmm. a lot of people. And mm-hmm. yes, I went all the way back because I had to search your Instagram. I also saw <laughs> where you taught, um, you were posted, you had posted a picture of you sitting on the floor and you were looking at a scene that they were acting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, it was something to that fact where you address imposter syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. In that moment, <laughs> can you like talk about that? And then like, how did you deal with it? Man, I deal with imposter syndrome all of the time. To be completely honest, I was dealing with it before <laughs> getting on this podcast. <laughs> I was doing my own research and I was seeing like the people that you've had on the show and I was like, oh, why does she want me here? <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's something that you just really have to, you deal with it. I don't think it ever goes away. Like mm-hmm. I, at least I haven't figured it out yet how to make it go away. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, a lot of what I do is I try to uh, research people's backstories. And when you do that, you always can seem to find, like, you can find their beginning and how it didn't look like mm-hmm. what it is now for them. Like, everyone has to start somewhere. And in those moments, uh, when I start to feel the imposter syndrome, I try to, I'm a, a heavy advocate for uh, meditation. Mm-hmm. So I try to meditate, try to ground myself, try to get back centered. I use affirmations a lot, a whole lot, um, just to try to, you know, keep my vibrations high and to not feel like, you know, I can't do this. Because even if I may not be able to do the same work as you or someone else, you mm-hmm. know, that's at a higher, 
higher level it's like I still have a story I still have a purpose in this mm-hmm. and I'm I'm drawn to this art for a reason so it may not look like this but or it may not look like you know what you would expect it to look like but my story still matters absolutely and I think that's funny that you said that because like you would be so surprised at the people who even when I interview them say the same thing you say really like, yes I'm like <laughs> Because this is my thing. I want people's perspective, like no matter where we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because at, and you can always gain from it, regardless right. of where they are in their journey. Right. From who, like the person who just started, who made up their mind, it's that much further than a person who still has not committed. So I'm mm-hmm. just a big believer that like, yeah, you can gain something from anybody. So I'm glad that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> And then, okay, so your web series, tell us what it was about. And then I know you said that you utilize, which I think is so amazing because I'd be trying to bully my friends. Like you will be in what I say do. Um, (laughs) Just your process of going through that. And then how did you make it work? Like, because the next biggest thing that we always talk about is money, budget, location. Ooh, Chile. Yes. <laughs> that is there. Yeah. Okay, so it really started from sitting in the car with my husband. We uh this was before we were actually um even engaged. We had we were just sitting in the car and just uh discussing like one of our friends who just seemed kind of like a hopeless romantic kind of, you know. And um we just started like just talking about ideas and I was like, Ooh, like what if we wrote this show? And, you know, to try to kind of go through what it can look like sometimes in the beginning of love, like before you know it's that or when you're in the search for that one person, like kind of just discuss that. So it started with that. I went home and just started to write. So we contacted, I just created characters. I don't know, I don't necessarily know exactly where every single character came from, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them were connected to people that I actually knew. So, like, things about how they acted or how they would respond, I used that to help with developing um, the characters. And this particular one, I'll tell you, it was definitely not uh, the easiest thing. But when I tell you, we had so much fun recording and just filming. It was so much fun. Um, but it was not easy at all because it was basically dealing with eight it was eight characters or eight actors um in this production and it was literally just my husband and myself (laughs) once again like my boyfriend at the time (laughs) it was just us two doing all of the screenwriting like doing all the writing doing all the filming doing all the editing doing everything and trying to manage those eight people and handle (laughs) things like call times handle things like uh getting uh locations like we even got kicked out of the thrift store there's one episode (laughs) where um we were in a thrift store recording and apparently they got too loud um some of the customers started to complain and I didn't feel like we were that loud like it was like in the earlier part of the day so I was trying to like move through it you know as swift as possible but you know people got upset so we had to like literally improvise (laughs) in the middle of it and like take the fight scene outside like the rest of it outside or whatever so it definitely had its moments. It was definitely uh, difficult to put together, um, especially because none of these people were actually actors. There are maybe like mm-hmm. two of them that were actually pursuing acting um, and actually still are. But the rest of them <laughs> were not actors at all. 
stop. <laughs> so it just made things a little bit difficult. But at the end of the day, we were doing it just because we wanted to have fun with it. It was a story that I wanted to tell. And I'm grateful for the experience. We learned a lot, a whole lot during that process, especially with it being our first time. So what would you say were your two biggest lessons through that process? I think one of the biggest lessons uh, <laughs> was don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. And you have to be willing to, I don't want to say lower your standards, but just accept the help however it may come. Um, I know me <laughs> specifically, I have that. If you want it done, you got to do it. If you want it done right, you got to do it yourself type uh-huh. of mentality. But that gets me caught up a lot of times because I can't finish the stuff that I want to do because I'm like so stuck on the perfection of it. And you got to you got to really let that go, like let the perfection go and just have fun shooting or doing whatever part of it, you know, that you're doing. That would definitely be one lesson. The second is that uh, preparing. (laughs) <laughs> the preparation should actually be like pre your pre-production stage should literally be like <laughs> months in advance and you just need as much as much resources as much research everything that you could possibly do in that preparation part before actually filming because that definitely makes a huge difference in how your product comes out um you could definitely make sure i know there were different times where i uh maybe forgot a scene or forgot a, a specific detail in the scene so we have to come back and refilm so yeah definitely pre-production is very very important yes it is <laughs> so important but I think all, all the things that you said were really good takeaways and even as far as it just shows your I guess you're your tenacity because you had an idea and you saw all the way through and that's really good because that's what happens. People write it. Cause I was going to ask you when you wrote the script, did you have readers Did people give you feedback or you just went with it, wrote it and said, okay, let's do it. I just went with it. The only person that read the script beforehand was uh, my husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the only person that read the script beforehand. And um, of course, you know, with, working with people that aren't actors sometimes they get lost in the character themselves and they feel like well I wouldn't say this and I'm like well this isn't you that's this is this character so that was kind of difficult too um and I think that's even why I was excited to to be able to write and direct it because I know I've learned that a lot of times with a lot of the movies and just things that we see in general the tv shows how it's written is not always how it's directed Um, because there's there's two different visions there like two different perspectives so that was cool for me to be like able to control the story um even though like I said it did get difficult when you had some actors I was like I would not say that (laughs) (laughs) don't let him play me like that and it's like listen it's for the story it's not about you (laughs) it's not about you (laughs) that's funny okay so where what kind of stories do you see yourself telling in the future and where do you see yourself going um because i know you said you know you're starting to get the itch back to be able to be creative again do you have an idea of what kind of stories you see yourself telling definitely um i can see myself going towards just sharing more stories um and stories in womanhood 
mm-hmm. uh, for a, a very long time. I've been honestly since I got married, um, and then now again, it's like just a different transition into womanhood, being a wife and being a mother. It's like even though you take on these new roles, for me personally, I've learned a lot more about myself than I did about that role in particular. Um, and each time I transitioned in that, it was it felt dark, but just a lot of light came out of those situations. And so I feel like I am called to just sharing how it feels to transition from single to married to mother, or not even just when it comes to relationship status and being a mother, but just a woman in general. Uh, I feel like we do ourselves a huge disservice by not sharing our stories with each other um, because of whatever reasons we have to not share. Uh, but I know for me, uh, and a lot of the stuff that I transitioned with, um, hearing that other women went through this or something similar, it made me be like, well, why didn't you tell me this before? Yeah. <laughs> so I just feel called to really just share those stories that we don't talk about and really to get into those dark moments, especially now with social media, you only see people's highlight reels <laughs> of their life. You don't uh-huh. see you don't see any of the darkness that, that gets them to that point. And so I really feel compelled to just really deep dive into that, start sharing that, being more open and being more vulnerable about my own story and also other women's stories as well. Um, I don't know. I just, I just really feel connected to sharing stories about women. That's good. And as far as the um, capacity of it, I would see myself, I feel like, because I never my initial thing has always been writing. I haven't always wanted to be a director. Like I said, most of the time when I wanted to be a director, it was to control the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like with taking on that capacity as well, it can kind of get in the way of the writing. And mm-hmm. so I kind of just want to focus really on the screenwriting portion of it um, more so than the directing, just so I can make sure that I'm, I can be my most authentic self through that. Yeah, I just see myself moving more towards just staying to write. Of course, I'll still direct as well uh, with, like, my own content and whatnot, but I'm not so much concerned or, like, holding on to that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with releasing it and working with other women, possibly to direct it, you know, see the full vision come to life. That's good. I mean, I think that's good just to even know because that's, uh, like, an ongoing debate that me and my I call them my sister filmmaker friends <laughs> have mm-hmm. um just one we always say we originally started to direct because mm-hmm. we had a story to tell and we wanted to get it out okay. but then we were having this debate with like you can't put your focus on both of them and give them the same amount of attention so you need to pick one right Right. (laughs) So we've been debating because I'm like, no, 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 I can do it. And then this Uh week has literally like before I got on this call with you, I literally had to be like, okay, gather yourself because you're about to do this whole wonderful podcast with Denise. But I was (laughs) in my group chat, like going back and forth because I've been working on a web series and like they have been ripping me a new one. Like, this is good. <laughs> you can do better. And I just was sitting here like, how do I divide my time? And now I feel like mm-hmm. I'm at this like um, crossroad where it's like, do I put my writing to the side or do I put my directing to the side? So I just think mm-hmm. it's very 
I still feel like in my mind, I might change. Look, you might see me post something back a, a week later and be like, oh, right? I can only do one. But in my mind right now, I feel like I can do both. So we're going to see. And I feel like it's possible. It's definitely possible for people to do both. Like, I, I think that it's totally possible. And there's sometimes when I feel like I am able to do both. But mm-hmm. I know with the, the type of stories or the capacity of the stories that I want to tell, it's like, it's just, especially when you're a writer, mm-hmm. it takes so much energy like oh my god it is the most draining product like as much as I love to write I hate writing at the same time because it drains you it pulls everything out of you and it's just like oh like how do I get through the story and then to get through the story and then have to direct it again and it's like whoa this is just it becomes overwhelming for me personally. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like there are certain people and you may just be one of them <laughs> that Girl, is able to tackle both. <laughs> I'm going to say a whole prayer because I was over here like, <laughs> y'all are draining me and we're just talking about it. I was like, look, I don't want to talk anymore until next week. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. It's just so much. And it's just, I don't know, something about being able to say, okay, I finished writing it and it's done. And just wipe your hands of it and hand yes. it off. It yeah. just kind of feels a little bit better for me right now. <laughs> no, I under, I, I get it. Um, and that's <laughs> and I may be just like you and change my mind next uh-huh. week. I don't know, but. <laughs> You'll be like, you know what? I'm going to do it because I have. And see, that's the thing because I'm so visual. So like mm-hmm. even when I'm writing the script, I have to tell myself, don't put directions in this because I literally know how I want to see it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. like turn this way yes. <laughs> do this mm-hmm. like no just write the story just write the story Denise <laughs> yeah yeah that's funny um so I do want to ask you just because we uh were talking about that how have you uh practiced self-care as a creative like do you have ooh. any tips or <laughs> you said ooh, or is that an area <laughs> that you're still trying to maneuver especially as a wife a mom a creative um, I don't know if you, do you have a nine to five? Yes, I do. <laughs> and a nine to fiver. Yes. Man, I, it's crazy because like literally since having, having my daughter in August, self-care has been like my number one priority. And that's actually what's actually like been how I recovered. Um, Cause I definitely went through um, a period of postpartum depression after having my child and the self-care was like so necessary and it is definitely difficult to balance that I don't know there's just something inside of me that's always like I gotta do it I gotta do it I gotta do it and what really brought me back to or just one of the things that I did and that I still do um and try to do it every day um is meditate like I have to have at least 10 to 15 minutes of this meditation whether it's a guided meditation or me listening to um like meditation type music mm-hmm. and I write my morning pages I don't know if you're familiar with uh the artist way it's a book I cannot remember the author's name right now but um she talks about writing three pages a day every day and uh so that's a part of my self-care routine I also I make sure that I take time for myself I told I was actually talking to a friend recently and saying like before having a child I didn't see the that the the need for me time Mm. (laughs) but now I'm gonna grab it whenever I can (laughs) (laughs) so for me that looks like waking up at five o'clock in the morning just to make sure I can get at least an hour by myself you know before anything else happens in the day 
but it's, it's literally so important. Self-care is so important. And I try my best to make sure that that's a part of my day, even if it's just a good 10 minutes to just wash my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with you know like buying new I I like to make a lot of um DIY like little facial creams and things with essential oils and things like that so that's a part of my self-care like creating things like that um but it's definitely something that is so necessary for creatives creatives with nine to fives creatives with yes. children creatives with yes. <laughs> in relationships like it's it is so necessary like I don't know. I would be, a, I don't know where I would be right now if it wasn't for self-care. And I'm glad that I don't necessarily know where the, I don't even know the desire for self-care came from, but I know that I can literally feel in my body when I haven't uh-huh. been taking care of myself. Like I can feel it. I'm just so off. Everything just doesn't go right. Like I'm just overwhelmed. Like I have so much anxiety on a regular basis. So if I don't do that self-care, that stuff is going to be like on 10. And it's like, I can't allow that because if I'm not good for myself, I can't be good for anybody else. So that's why I have to make it my number one priority and make sure that I'm still in time to do that. Regardless of what's going on in the day, I have to make time for myself, even if it's a few minutes. I absolutely agree. And I can definitely tell when I'm off too. I'm like, girl, mm-hmm. get your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> Before you are like doing the most and being rude to everybody. In yes. Your life. And you, you're like, why am I getting so offended by everything yes. everybody's saying? Yes. It's like, it's, if you don't take that time, like it's, it's going to reflect in other ways, in negative ways. And you'll just find yourself being mad at the world. For no reason, no reason at all. Yes, you're right. So I want to ask you any advice that you have for any woman that's going to listen or may tune in later in life. Any advice that you may have for her if she's thinking about being a storyteller? I think that I would say don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Mm. Um. It's definitely a superpower, I feel, um, because especially with how society is now with social media, like I said before, like people only show their highlight reels. They don't show what they really go through. But the things that they go through, uh, the things that all of us go through are literally (laughs) what makes the story itself. So if you have a story to tell, don't be afraid to, to share those deep parts, the dark parts. The, just be vulnerable let it flow and even if you're scared to do it like just try to do it anyway <laughs> just look past it don't let fear take that that front seat make him sit in the back he's going to be there but it's okay he has to sit in the back and just keep going and just let it flow and don't be afraid to be vulnerable and let people know how you really feel because somebody is going to resonate with somebody absolutely I totally agree with that so let us know how we can keep up with you, whether it's social media, anything like that. Uh, you can keep up with me on Instagram, on Instagram all the time. My uh, name is at Denny Nop. It's D-E-N-N-I-I-N-O-P, two N's, two I's. Yeah, and I'll be dropping a, uh, launching a website very, very soon uh, within the next month. So you can look out for that as well. Okay, and everyone, make sure that you subscribe 
to our podcast that you let somebody else know and that you leave us a comment. Let us know that you're out there and you're not just in La La Land. And thank you again <laughs> so much, Denise, for being on. I know that you helped somebody take the next step into pursuing their storytelling dreams. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. It was fun. Yes, I had a good time. See, it wasn't bad. I had a yes. good time. <laughs> So y'all know the drill. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Go live your filmmaking dreams.